Luke chapter 17, if you would, in verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, everybody say one of them. When he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice, he glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet. Even this man was smart enough to know he was at the feet of God. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. Again, this is Thanksgiving week, and this is where my heart has been this week. I've been trying to find every way I could to give thanks to God for his goodness. And as I began to read this story in Luke 17, I made up in my mind... I'm thankful for the nine that were cleansed, but I want to be like the one that came back to give him thanks. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to preach to you today about the one who came back. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm going to do my best to preach this to you the way the Lord gave it to me. I want you to be blessed. I believe the Lord's going to do something special here. Amen. As I was praying for this weekend, I just began to feel expectation in my heart. That somebody was going to come hungry today and that God was going to satisfy the hunger in your heart. Luke, the 17th chapter, is an amazing story. As you read the story, there's so many hidden elements to it, I think, that would be easy to overlook. Um, As just taking it at face value, yeah, there were ten guys. Nine of them got, got healed. One of them was whole because he came back to give him thanks. And it is true that the one that came back, there was a different kind of healing for him. He was made whole. And it speaks volumes of a grateful heart. And this time of year, we preach things about being grateful. But I I want you to understand uh, what I'm saying to you today, that Thanksgiving is not the only time of the year we ought to return to him to give him thanks for his goodness. Amen. Thanksgiving is an interesting time when you read the history of what brought us to where we are with Thanksgiving and, and the pilgrims landed and settled and uh, you know, for some folks, it's uh, uh, they, they talk about Indigenous Peoples Day. For others, it's uh, Columbus Day. And if we're not careful, we're going to erase everything that's made us what we are. And I don't want to erase Thanksgiving. When those pilgrims landed here, and uh, uh, they uh, they were sick, they had made a long trip across the Atlantic. And when you start reading about these people, by the time they hit the shores of the United States of America, it was a dark season for them. They were celebrating freedom, but my goodness, what a dark time. And when you start adding numbers and putting things together, you realize that these pilgrims dug more graves than they built huts. When their feet touched the soil of the United States of America, they immediately, the ones that weren't so sick, they couldn't stand it. 
began to dig graves, mass graves for the people that they had lost in the journey, thinking it all worthwhile that while some would look at us and say we've lost more than we had to gain, we know there's another generation that's coming behind us that's going to understand freedom from tyranny and religion, and they're going to have a relationship with God. And when you go back and start looking, it's incredible that these people that landed here from uh, crossing the Atlantic, they began to write, they found their, their things that they had written, artifacts from them, written in the Hebrew language about the one God. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. This was people that said, we want to be free from the demonic powers of world religions, and we want to go somewhere that we can worship the one true living God. And if there's collateral damage along the way, the next generation will know it was worth whatever it cost us to get here to worship the Lord. Amen. So if they are digging more graves than they are building huts and they take time to give thanks unto the Lord, I feel like this morning when I got up in a warm house, put on my warm house shoes, my hands and my arms were working and my feet were working and the coffee pot, thank God Almighty, was working. I've got something to be thankful for this morning. Praise God. I didn't have to wake up today and dig any graves. I got up this morning and said, I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm going to go be in the house of the Lord. Are you glad today? Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord? I got to tell you today, I'm thankful that I didn't have to wake up and reach over and pick up a syringe to get my day started. I didn't have to wake up and grab a bottle of pills to get my day started. I didn't have to wake up today and go find a bottle of wild turkey to get my day started. But I woke up this morning and I said, Blessed are you, Lord, that have mercifully restored my soul. Great is our faithfulness. Thank you for waking me up and starting me on my way. We have a reason to be grateful this morning. So this story, while it's great to preach during the Thanksgiving season, thank God for it. Thank God for a thankful man. I'm telling you that every day of my life, I want to be the one that comes back and tells him, thank you. You understand that the life you're living today, you don't have to be here today. But by his mercy, you're here. If it had not been for the Lord on your side, you, don't have, you could be six foot under the ground. You could be lost in your trespasses. You could have died without the Lord. But that powerful hand of mercy has reached down into your life today and brought you to the house of God, you ought to be thankful for it. Hallelujah. So Luke, the 17th chapter and the 11th verse begins what we know as a modern miracle marvel. This is unbelievable. This is, a, this is something that just does not happen. These were not men that thought they might have been lepers. These were 10 men that had already been to the priest, and the priest had said they're lepers, and when they're lepers, they have to be exiled. They can't be with their families. It's a... It's a crazy deal that uh, uh, the leprosy they had then, is, it's, it's different than what we know now. Like in, in India, certain lepers, it's kind of a, a similar disease. But the ancient uh, disease of leprosy, as they call it in the King James Bible, it was a very, uh, very unique disease. It was kind of disgusting the way that it worked. And uh, again, there are derivatives of this. And uh, anything that you see in modern leprosy, it's, just, it's, it's hard to deal with. It attacks the nerve endings where they cannot feel. And because of that, they lose digits and and pieces of their body. That, that There was a, a story I preached some time ago about a little child that was a leper. Uh, 
and uh, their parents just thought it was a freak, didn't know anything about it because uh, it was chewing its tongue till it would bleed, didn't even know, couldn't even feel it, didn't know anything about it. It's a treacherous disease. And uh, this was not the kind of disease that uh, you can go home and uh, just take you a couple days of penicillin and uh, everything be all right. Once you were told that you were a leper, you could count on it. You were going to be a leper until you died. It was a death sentence that you were going to be exiled by yourself into the wilderness. And so they would, they would begin to uh, find other people that had the same issues that they had. And they began to build little colonies uh, for the lepers. It was a sad deal. If you go back to the Levitical understanding of it, actually, that once they became lepers, and it was said that they were lepers, they had to go into their house. They said that leprosy could live in the walls of their homes. It was just just a disgusting thing and so uh, my point to you very simply I don't want to stay there for long but my point to you very simply this morning is that this was not the kind of disease that people were getting healed of this was not the kind of disease that was easy you, you didn't just get over it you didn't just say I was a leper yesterday but I got over it why does that matter pastor because I still believe that Jesus is able to do things that nobody else can do when Jesus healed these men that were lepers if there was nobody else in Judea getting healed of leprosy. It just wasn't happening. If Jesus did not heal, they weren't going to get healed. There was no kind of lotion, potion, or pill that you could put on your body or in your body that was going to take care of it. You listen to what I'm telling you today. There may be circumstances in your life that people have told you it's impossible and this is the way that you're always going to be. But you just write down what this preacher's telling you today. With man it may be impossible, but with God all things are possible. There's not a lot of people in this world that are getting over what you've been going through, but you're in the right place at the right time. And I'd like to introduce you to the right man today. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter what's got a hold on you. It doesn't matter what kind of sickness you've had or what you've been addicted to. I know a God that is able to do what no other power can do. Pastor, you don't understand my life. I've got a leprosy of addiction, but I know a healer today. You don't know my life, Pastor. I've got a past today, but I know a man that when he sets you free, you are free indeed. Be seated. Luke was the only one that recorded this account in the 17th chapter. And at first glance, you would think, well, it's just because Luke wanted to write about it. Nobody else did. The reason why Luke wrote about it is Luke was a physician. This was a, this was a, 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 a medical marvel. It was a miracle that, that people were not getting delivered from. Luke had an understanding of this disease like none of the other 12. And Luke begins to write about this powerful encounter. Like this should not have happened. This should have never gone this far. But there were 10 men. And Luke is astounded by this. There were 10 men. Jesus is passing by Samaria. And he looks up and there's 10 men. It wasn't just one. It was 10 men. Have you ever noticed birds of a feather? Kind of flock together. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying he can set you free. He can set your family free. He can set your children free. He can set your mama free. He can set your daddy free. This is good enough for your whole family. 
There were 10 of them, and, and, and Luke's astounded by this. Why records it? it, it this is literally a, it's a medical miracle. It's a marvel that these 10 lepers that should never have been healed at all, when they cried out to Jesus and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, they said it because they knew about Jesus. They knew that he was powerful. They knew that he was able. They knew that he could. But they did not want to just approach him and reach out and touch him. Perhaps they were aware that all you had to do was touch the hem of his garment and be made whole. But they had been told, you don't deserve to be close to people. You're a leper. You don't deserve to be close to people. You can't touch people. So they cried out from a distance, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now Jesus does something very interesting here that Luke records. Now we know that Jesus was not afraid to touch leprosy. We've seen that in the scripture. But Jesus does not touch the lepers. He does not lay his hand on the lepers in Luke 17. Jesus does not pray a prayer over them. Now this, this is powerful. Jesus does not say anything to them about their leprosy. Jesus looks at these ten and he says to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. Showing the priest that they had been healed was according to the law of Moses in Leviticus 13 and 14. And it clearly states that a person who has been leprous it was the priest that told them they were leprous. And if they were going to be healed, it was the priest that had to release them from the leprosy. As a matter of fact, during that waiting period, even for some that had not been identified yet as fully leprous, it was only the priest that could set them free after the waiting period. It's a very powerful thing for you to go read. But Jesus sent them to go see the priest and show themselves to the priest. Why? Did he do that? Because if the men wouldn't have gone and shown themselves to the priest, then nobody would have believed that the miracle happened. And so they had to go through order. How many of you know that God is a God of order? God is a God of order and there are certain things that he wants to transpire in a certain way. It's very interesting. He said to them, he did not say you're healed. He did not say to them, you're going to be cleansed. He said, go show yourself to the priest. Now here is what you got to understand about this story that I think is very interesting. It said that as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus speaks to them in their current condition and says to them, you are still a leper. When he said, go show yourself to the priest, they were still covered in leprosy. It was an act of faith on their part. It doesn't look like I've been healed. It doesn't look like I've been touched. It doesn't look like I've been changed. But Jesus is saying, go show yourself to the priest. Listen, when some folks look at you, they may not be able to tell the difference. But if Jesus said, go show yourself, you can guarantee that means something. He's about to do a work in you that nobody else could do. Walk by faith and go tell somebody somebody what Jesus has done faith is interesting because faith does not just walk by sight faith walks towards the temple to go see a priest when the spots on your body still say I'm still messed up 
Oh, if I had time, I'd preach here for about four or five days. Some of you are waiting to get your lives perfected before you give your life to the Lord. It ain't going to happen. It's not because I don't believe in you. But I'm just saying, you don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. You don't have to have it all together today for God to do a work in your life. That's the reason why he's reaching for you right now. That's the reason why he's working on you right now. It's because you're imperfect and you got problems in your life. Welcome to the club. We're all imperfect, but thank God for perfect mercy that's still reaching us. You've got to believe the manifestation of something before it even happens. Go show yourself to the priest. I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there, but you got to understand how I like to read the scripture. I like to put myself there and see what it looked like. Ten men with surprise on their face when Jesus said, go show yourself. And they're looking at each other like, is yours gone? No. No, my, no, mine's still there. Is yours gone? No. Mine's still there. Then why are we going to show ourselves to the priest? Why are we going to show ourselves to the priest when the work hasn't been done yet? This is the power of faith. Walking in obedience when it doesn't make sense. Go show yourself. Go show yourself. I, I, I don't know. And ten of them lined up over here. If I had nine, nine good looking dudes, I'd get them all stand up here today. But whew, We've been searching far and wide. I couldn't find nine of them. If I had nine of them, I'd put them up here with me. And I, and I have a good, come here, baby. I know you're pretty. It's my daughter right here. You don't even look like a leper. but we're... Are you healed? No, I, I think he'll got it. But, but he said for us, come on, Joy. Said for us to go. Are you healed? No. Man, you still got it. Well, what are we supposed to do? He said... Go show yourself. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. I don't feel it. I don't see. What is going on? What is happening? It's gone. You've been healed. He did it. Why did that happen? Because they obeyed him when it did not make sense. Thank you. You have to understand that when you're following after Jesus, you don't have to understand everything about him. Just know that he's able. He's able. Oh, my, my, my. It was not until they went about their way that it happened. I, I want to stress this today. Now I'm moving in obedience towards something I don't understand. But even though I don't understand it, I know that he's working. I know that he's working. But it was in this pivotal moment. That nine of them got carried away with what had just happened. And they're walking in obedience. Listen, these nine people, they're, they're not, they're not uh, idiots and, and fools and uh, chumps because they didn't come back and give him thanks. No, 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 no not at all. They were healed. They, what was that word this morning? Ignoramus? I think they got that on that little uh, uh, game at Cracker Barrel, the, I've been an ignoramus a bunch of times on that. I always leave three or more, you know, unless I Google it. And 
These guys were not ignoramus because they didn't go back. They did what he told them to do. They were healed. That's all that mattered. From that day on, they could go show themselves to the priest. When he said you're healed, they could go back to mama. They could go back to the kids. They could go back to work. Everything was all right. It, they, they were fine. They were healed. Everybody say they were healed. But there was one man in particular, and I've, I've wondered about this all my life. Why, why was there only 10% of this group, one man, that returned to give him thanks? It's kind of interesting. Well, I'm going to help somebody with this this morning. Luke, the 17th chapter in the 15th verse. And one of them, when he saw that he was what? It wasn't halfway. It was done. He was healed. He turned back and with a loud voice, he glorified God and he fell down at his feet, giving him thanks. Watch this. He was a Samaritan. You want to know why one came back and nine didn't? Because he was the only one out of the ten that didn't understand the law. He was, Luke made it crystal clear. He was a Samaritan. This implies and is indicative of the fact that more than likely, the 90% that kept walking were all Jewish men. This one was a Samaritan. And so when Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, he's like, I'm not allowed to go to the priest. I'm not. I've never been allowed to go. I'm a Samaritan. I don't understand the law. I've never understood everything about the law. I don't get it. I don't know what else to do. But I'm so overwhelmed. I hope you guys know. I hope you know that he still showed himself to the priest. But it just so happened to be the high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And Jesus, Jesus looked at the faith of a man that said, I don't understand the law yet, but I know that something happened to me. I don't know what else to do but come back and say thank you. Oh, my God. Help us. Why, why did he go back? Because he was the one in the group that if he'd have been completely healed, he'd been told all of his life, you don't deserve to go. Aren't you glad he doesn't just come for the perfected? He returned to the healer. He said, I would rather give thanks to the healer than to try to keep a law that I know nothing about. I would rather come back to the source that made me whole. The only Samaritan in the group did not understand his obligation to go to the priest. But when he saw that he was healed, and I feel like preaching this right here. When he saw that he was healed, he made a major decision in his life. He could have kept going along with the others. Because even though he was a Samaritan, the priest... He didn't really know, still had to say he was no longer a leper. But the Samaritan chose, and if I could say this, 
today where it would reverberate through the walls. I want this part right here to get down in somebody's system and down in your soul. The Samaritan man that had been healed stopped and changed his direction. This is the way that I'm going but I realize he's working on me, so I'm turning back, and I'm going, listen, you will never be made whole until you're willing to change directions. This is the power of repentance. This man was functioning in a place that so many of us are. There's not a lot of people in here today that, uh, if you've been in the church less than a few months or a few years even, that that you fully understand everything about the scripture. I don't mind telling you that there's things about God that I don't know. And I've been doing this all my life. I, this, is, this is what I know. It's what I love. And there's still things about God that I don't understand. But I fear for the people who feel like they've got to know everything about him to know that he's working in their life. Listen, you will never understand everything there is to know about God until we stand whole before him in his presence on the other side. But know this, that God speaks a language that the world doesn't know anything about. It is the language of gratitude and gratefulness that even when I don't understand how it works and why baptism works and why the Holy Ghost works, I just want to say thank you. an obvious change in direction this is the way that I'm going and this is the way that I need to go this is repentance this is a shadow this is a type this is power this is repentance I'm not happy to just come get a touch oh my my I don't want to just come get a touch on a Sunday morning then leave I want to change my direction. Hey, listen, if what you're feeling in here today feels pretty good to you, I want to tell you, you can do this again. You can come back again. If you like what you're feeling right now, you don't have to leave here today and never come back. You can walk right back through the doors of this church and say, Lord, I just came back. I came back on a Sunday night. I came back on a Wednesday night because I want you to know how thankful I am for your healing touch. Here's, here, here, here's where it kind of gets crazy a little bit, you know. There's people in your life that don't want you to go back. Well, <laughs> starts getting tight when you start talking about stuff like this. There's people that don't want you to come back. Because it makes, it makes the Lord ask questions like, weren't there ten? What happened to the other nine? None of them were disobedient. But only one of them was obedient and grateful. There's something so powerful when you understand who he is. All of a sudden, the law doesn't have to make sense because you love him for who he is and what he's done. And when you come back to give him thanks, I'm going to tell you what it does. I don't know how to explain this. But it makes people in your life jealous. And it also convicts people. It does. 
when you get set free and you go home and, 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 and your buddies are like, hey, here, take a hit of this, smoke this, drink this, take this, whatever. And you say, I don't do that anymore. They don't like that. They don't. They, they don't like that. As a matter of fact, we all know it's true. A lot of those friendships end when you run out of money. But let me tell you a little something about this friend of mine, okay? He said, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. He said, lo, I am with you even to the end of the earth. He's with you when the money runs out. He's with you when the drugs run out. He's with you when the bottle runs out. And he never leaves. But, but, but people, people don't like that. When you, they don't like it when you change. I'm going to tell you why. It's because it puts pressure on them. It does. When, when I was doing youth ministry... I, n- I never understood this. Honest to God, and to this day, I still don't get it. That parents would fight the church and fight the leadership to send their kids to worldly events and go do worldly things. They'd say, it ain't none of your business. If that's what I want my kids to do, that's what they'll do. And I'm like, you're right. It ain't none, none of my business. I'll just keep praying for your kids and praying for you. That a big boot will come down I didn't say that. I really didn't, but I wanted to. And then, and then, when they get in trouble and get grounded, they'll ground them from youth service instead of the dance. I never understood it. Why people want to keep their kids from the good things of God until I finally got old enough that it made sense to me. It is possible. Listen to me, young people. I believe in you today. It is possible for you to make such an impact that God is doing such amazing things in your life that you convict those that are around you when you say, I don't want to go there anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to participate in that anymore. I want to give my life to God. It's all right. And so this man that came back, he was thankful for what the Lord had done for him. And the scripture tells us that there was was absolutely a change in his direction when he came back. And if he would have kept going, He would have missed out on what made him different than everybody else in the story. Not just that he was a Samaritan, but that he had been healed. and The other nine had been healed. You guys can preach this for me. You know where I'm going right now. But he was the only one that the scripture said had been made whole. What does that mean? Let me break this down and get it to you. I'm almost finished. I believe that there were nine men, nine lepers. It just says lepers. These nine lepers. I believe when when the Bible said that they were healed, that means the leprosy went away. But I believe the scars of what they had been through were still present. I believe that perhaps some of them had digits missing. 
Maybe a piece of their nose was missing. Maybe a piece of their ear had fallen off. And they were allowed to go back home with their families because they didn't have leprosy anymore. But the man that came back and was made whole. He wasn't just cured. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. He wasn't just cured of the disease. But that finger that was missing, he looked down and there was a finger there. That piece of his ear that had fought. Listen, I'm telling you, God has a way of restoring back in your life everything that this whole world has taken from you. I could tell you about people that's done enough drugs to fry their brain. And they don't hardly know their name when they come to God. But I've seen those same people begin to quote entire chapters of books of the Bible. You know why? Because God knows how to restore things. God knows how to heal things. God knows how to put things back together. Quit worrying about what you've lost. Quit worrying about what you've been through. And come on back and give Him praise. Give Him praise. I'm reaching for somebody today that's not just interested in the inspection process. My, my, my. You can't live your life just hoping the pastor says you're okay. My, my, come on now. You can't just live your life saying, well, the priest said I'm good, so I'm good. Listen, I thank God for the things that he's healed me of. But I, there is no greater feeling than getting up out of that floor in a prayer meeting and realizing that although I was heartbroken and I'd been through something, not only did he just heal me, but he has made me whole. He has turned my mourning into dancing. He has turned my sorrow into joy. He has lifted a load up off me. I don't ever have to go. Oh, I don't have to go back. so crazy to me how the world just knows they just they, 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 they just know but when you when you've been made whole there's something different about you because if you've been healed of it there's always that temptation to go back and be a part of that but I want to tell you a story and he's not here today God bless Bishop he's, he's headed to Crawfordsville he's helping take care of brother Gobin's church very sick pray for brother Gobin when you pray but Bishop uh, told the story many times. I heard it many, many times as a child growing up about how, uh, how he was delivered. He came to church and got saved, fell in love with the pastor's daughter. And uh, they got married, and then he, he walked away from the Lord. And uh, I, I was a little bitty baby, just a little old bitty baby when my dad walked away from the Lord. And, uh, he, man, he was drinking pretty heavy and, and uh, doing some pretty heavy drugs. He was in a bad place. My dad was in a really bad place had walked away from the Lord, and, and, and I've heard Bishop Bingham tell the story, and I think about it all the time over in my office because I, I can just hear my papa walking the aisles over there, and, and he'd come walk in there and pray, just pray and pray and pray, God, reach Danny, touch him, God, touch Saint, get where he is tonight, Lord, and touch him. And my grandfather had been over there praying, and my dad was sitting on a bar stool on a Saturday night, and my mom was at home, and we were all getting ready to you know, go to bed and go to church the next morning. My dad was sitting on a bar stool. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my dad in a bar. I'm glad he can find me wherever I'm at. The Spirit of the Lord spoke in my dad's mind and said, If you don't get back now, you're never going to get back. 
I don't, I don't remember. I think my dad said it was three or four packs of cigarettes a day he was smoking. Three or four packs a day. And, and, and he, he was taking cocaine and smoking weed and all kinds of stuff. And he came back on that Sunday morning. He walked into the house of the Lord. Now listen to what I'm telling I'm talking about being made whole. He had backslid and left the Lord, but he came back to give him thanks that mercy was still reaching for him. And my dad said, when I walked down that aisle and bowed my knee in repentance, he said, I never wanted another cigarette. I never wanted another drink. I never wanted another drug. Why? Because he was made whole. We serve a God that is not just about temporary relief. He wants to make you whole. He wants to make you whole. He wants to make you whole. He wants you to get to the place in your life that you can walk by places you used to go that was a temptation. And now when you walk by, you can raise them old hands and say, Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not who I used to be. Thank you, Jesus, that doesn't appeal to me anymore. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, I'm afraid y'all don't feel what I'm feeling up here right now. Thank you, Lord, that that doesn't affect me anymore. Thank you, Father, that doesn't hold my soul anymore. I'm glad that I've been made whole. Let's stand together this morning. Thank you, Lord. I can't tell you how often I've reflected Brother Diaz, on the first time we went to jail together, and I don't mean we got booked. We went in there to preach. We went in there to preach. And uh, uh, Brother Diaz got up to share his testimony, and I got nervous when he said, I've been booked in this same jail I'm in right now. Me and my daughter, am I lying? Same, same night. Him and his daughter both got booked in the same jail. But this night, he wasn't sitting there in striped britches. He was standing in the front at the podium next to his pastor. And he said, I know how you feel and I know where you are. But I've been redeemed and I've been set free. I'm, I'm talking about being made whole. I won't go back. Can't go back. Have no desire to go back. I've been set free from the law of sin and death. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And I never want to go back. If you're here this morning. And you're tired of running. If you're here today and you're tired of running from the Lord. You may be here today and been all, all dressed up. Nobody would even know this. But I'm asking you to get some guts to you right now. You may be here today and you're just, out, you're just trying to outrun your calling. You know what God's called you to do and you're trying to outrun it. If you're here today and you've been running from God, but today you're turning around and you're coming back to Him to say, Thank you, Lord, for reaching. I just want you to come if you would. Come on, I just want you to come. And I want you to slip those hands up in the air and say, Lord, I'm thankful that you give me one more opportunity. Thank you, God, 
for one more chance to be back in your house. Thank you, God, for one more opportunity to feel your presence. Thank you, Lord. didn't have to be this way, Lord, but your mercy brought me. Your mercy brought me. Your mercy brought me. 